Offscript with Super E recommends listener discretion as these real but sometimes uncensored stories can be filled with mature content. Hey, Jay here, and we are Offscript with Super E coming back at you with another Super E tale from the street, as we like to put it. And we've already had a couple of things that we've talked about. So right now, I'm just going to turn it right back over to you, Super E. Tell us another tale. Well, remember, uh, we were talking about earlier how these prostitution arrests, you'd have discretion um, to either lock the, the person up or if they had good information. Mm-hmm. Right. And, 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 you know, most of it was for, like, drugs and stuff. Mm-hmm. How often do you think what, um, you know, what would you say if you could put a... 50 50 20 80 whatever how often would they have good enough information that you could waive that arrest or citation or however it was uh, that was dealing back i'd then? say about in my situation in the cases that i had i would say it was about 25 percent because these girls are in the mix they you know they're around the people that are selling the drugs and a lot of these people are selling drugs. You know, you get your little turf wars and stuff. Well, they're eliminating the competition, or they hear who's shot, who did the shooting, mm-hmm. or who's breaking into what stores to get money. So these girls seem to know what's going on. Right, right. And and I think that's something that we're kind of missing in today's um, world of uh, what we do is I don't think we have enough of that going on at the street level to provide that information. I think too many times now we get caught up with detectives, and I've been there myself, where you just you think you're relying on just the community itself to provide that little nugget of info. And a lot of crimes, homicides, whatever you want, you know, robberies, whatever, they, they go unsolved because I don't think we have enough people out doing what you were doing back then and getting that information because it doesn't seem to be flowing in these days not even at 25 percent right it was yeah like an example of it was um this is almost this probably over 30 years ago i'm driving down the main drag where we had all the prostitution and you're you're working vice right working vice driving down a cover car um trying to look like Johnny Depp, because that was my nickname for a while, was Jump Street. The prostitutes would call me Jump Street. Really? Oh, wow. here comes Jump Street. And uh, what, what would your name be now, Super E? <laughs> I, think it would, I, I, I think it would be like a painting with Bob Ross. That's how I feel like that. <laughs> okay, all right. Who got but a pretty anyways, little tree here? We're going to paint some Van Dyke brown. <laughs> but anyways, so I'm driving down the street. That was good, Jay. <laughs> And I see this girl working, and I, I don't think I've ever seen her before. And so I'm trying to make sure, okay, is this a working girl? Because like I've said before, working girls do not walk with a purpose. They don't have a purse on because they don't have anything. Right. Like, you know, They don't need it. It's not important to them. And they're looking at cars. They're looking in the traffic and that kind of thing. So I just honk my horn. And that got her attention. Usually when you honk your horn at somebody, they ignore you. Honk my horn, has her attention. And then I would generally yell out a name, Lisa or Tammy. 
because, like they say, everybody knows a skanky girl named Lisa and Tammy. Where, where did you, where'd that come from? I was watching Polly Shore, uh, the weasel, on MTV, <laughs> hey, and he said that. And I said, he is right. So that day I yelled out, Tammy. Right. And she turned around and said, yeah, what do you want? And I'm like, oh, her name was Tammy. Yeah, her name was Tammy. And All I right. said, well, it's me. And it's she cold, goes, Jerry. And she it's goes, cold. who are you, Ray? And she goes, I think we've been together. I said, yeah. I was just going with it. And she jumps in a car, immediately makes a proposition, you know, sex act in exchange for U.S. currency. And then <laughs> and I that's that's exactly how you asked yeah, it, too, right? Asked it, yeah. <laughs> But uh, as opposed to like Bitcoin, yeah, what uh, there, okay. there was no Bitcoin. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is 30 years ago. But I wonder uh, if they take PayPal nowadays. I don't know, would it be something? Yeah, that would they might, you never know. Yeah. Venmo, <laughs> but uh, she didn't want to go to jail, of course. She says, I got some good information for you, and again, I'm like, okay, you know, you hear a million stories that nothing and i'm like listen i don't care if you have information that some guy named pop tart is selling some weed i don't care about that she goes no this is good information you know the the little 12 year old that's missing that they everybody's been looking for around here i know where she is and i said well you know i think uh there's somebody else investigating it or something like but that were, do, were you had you heard of the yes the, i knew oh, that so there was you, a young okay. girl missing I didn't know what the, all the details were, but okay. they were saying, look it, out for this. It was a story. Girl. It was a story. Yeah, yeah, it was, it a was story. Everybody yes. knew about it. Yes. Okay. And so she goes, I know where she is. I was a little skeptical, but she goes, I'll take you to the house. And it was just a block away. It was on the main drag, a great big house. Mm -hmm. And she goes, I saw her there last night, eight o'clock. I know who she is. She's in there with a bunch of dudes. And mm -hmm. um, I can't remember exactly what she said, but it was like, she's not able to leave or they're they're keeping her okay. and a 12 year old girl with a bunch of old guys older guys right something it can't be good right. right of course so i go okay so i get her information and uh so if it turns out to be false i would get a warrant for arrest later okay so i hustle down and i go tell my captain and he goes get over to missing uh missing persons and so i get there as quick as i can and I think I have all this good information. I think I'm going to be helpful. Well, yeah. And I walk in, and the detective assigned to the case was older, and it looked like, you know, he just didn't care anymore. Mm -hmm. He was burnout or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me like I was a freak show. Man, and, and we've all been there with, with that. And just a quick, you know, I remember <clears throat> when I was in an agency before I came to this one, in a place far, far away. But I was on late shift fresh out of the academy young and uh it's like 2 30 in the morning i found an open door on a, on a restaurant i think man here you know oh yeah I'm on it it's so, gonna be big get on the radio and get get somebody else coming to help and uh took the went up to the door and back then they taught you to use your pr24 that stick that crooked stick that we carried back then and how to prop the door so it doesn't shut and all these things so oh yeah this old crusty dude rolls up i got the door propped i'm sitting here and i'm like waiting and um we're getting ready to go in and of course i get my gun out he looks at me and goes put that damn thing away you're gonna hurt somebody uh -huh. walks in flips on the light anybody here no answer turns the light off goes I got coffee waiting. <laughs> I was shattered. Yes. 
Yes. That it must be the same guy that I was talking to. Exact same guy. Yes. At a uniform. Was there anybody missing in there? Person? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Everybody got nobody, nobody answered. Did you lock the door back up for him? <laughs> we closed it up, locked the door. I put my tail between my legs, just yeah. Yeah. you know, drove off. It's yeah. like felt like I was driving off like one of them cartoon cars where the, everything was square, all the wheels were square, and right. I was just limping along, man. Right. <laughs> so anyway, well, that's how I felt with this guy. He right. was looking. He kind of was being very condescending to me. Because I guess, you know, I had long hair and a beard and uh, the Motley Crue tank top. Mm-hmm. Everybody had one. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you still have it. I still have it, yes. Uh, you had to get married in something. But anyways, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so I'm telling this guy, I got this information from a prostitute. She says the information is good. She saw the girl there last night, described her there with a bunch of guys. Uh, she thinks she might be held against her will and all this. That's all the information I had. And he just kind of was very dismissive. Oh, that's old news. That's old. I've already investigated that. And I go, you did? And, he, uh, and I was just curious. I said, well, how'd you do it? I knocked on the door. Uh-huh. I said, and then what happened? They opened the door, and I asked if the little girl was there, and they said no. Oh, case closed. And there, he's, that was it. Go. And I was, I couldn't believe it. I was like you. Yeah. I was kind of like dumbfounded and felt like an idiot and i just kind of walked away and then when i got in my car i was driving back there and i was just thinking about a 12 year old girl is possibly in this house with these guys and you know she needs help right so i was like basically i was like f that old guy he don't give a shit you know so i said i'm gonna i'm gonna go make sure that you know she's not there and if she is there i'm getting her out of there getting her to safety and getting her to the hospital and so i'm driving up to i'm driving by the house and i'm looking i'm getting madder mm-hmm. that nobody wants to seem like nobody wants to do anything and i just said screw it and i whipped that car in the front of that house walked up there knocked on the door now you don't knock on the door like the police because they're not going to open it if you just knock on it like you know mm. right is that like, a um, versus a yeah, yeah, kind of, sort of. Yeah, uh-huh. and so then the That's dude, police now. yeah, the dude opens the door. What do you want? I said, I'm looking for that little twelve year old. She's not here. And I said, then you don't mind if I look? Out of my way, boom. They didn't. They didn't say stop. So I took that as consent. So I was going to say that. I think that's consent. That's consent. Yeah. There's a twelve year old girl involved who needs my help. And uh, so I'm looking around, and I'm thinking, well, maybe she's not here, but I'm going to go upstairs and, and be thorough in my checking. Now, just real quick, did you tell anybody you were getting ready to do this? Were you on your own, as I was, on your own as could possibly I was, be? I was on my own, and yeah. I was stewing as I left the police department, headed back to the area. I was like, man. You, you know, were mad. You felt I, somebody I, I, I needs to mad. do something. Yeah, right. Somebody needs to do something. I'm not yeah. going to sit here and just do a right. surveillance on the house right. and do nothing. Right. Because you don't know what's going on in there. Exactly. Yeah. So I went in and I'm looking around. Don't see nothing. They're like, "Told you, see." And uh, I said, "I'm going to go upstairs." Nobody said anything then. It kind of got a little quiet. Uh-huh. So I'm upstairs and I'm looking around. And I see in the closet they got bags and bags of clothes, plastic garbage bags of clothes piled up. And I'm like, "Huh." So I start walking over there and I thought I heard something. Mm-hmm. I hear something, you know. Did I think I hear it? Or did I actually hear it? So I'm starting to lift the garbage bags up. And as I'm lifting the garbage bags, it seems like the whimpering got a little bit louder. Okay. Got a little bit louder. 
And then once I got down the last couple bags, I could hear it was a young girl crying. And once I got that last bag off and she saw me, um, she, she was terrified. Uh-huh. And because I look like Charles Manson. Right. And so I said, sweetheart, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to take you out of here. And she held her hand out, you know, all nervous and quivering. I put my hand up, pulled her up. Uh, I had to carry out of there. Because yeah. It's like she wasn't going to, you know, it's like she couldn't walk or something. She was right. so upset. So I carried her out of there, and I was walking out. Of there. I looked at them dudes. I said, you guys better not cross my path ever again. I took her outside immediately. Because I didn't have time to argue with them. Right. I had to get her. You had to, the to get hospital. her out of the house. You call. We called up. I called up victim assistance. They were right on it. Took her to the hospital, and so I had to go back to my office and do the paperwork and tell my captain what's going on. And he immediately zoomed down to the uh, missing persons unit. In a few minutes, that snarky, uh, patronizing old detective. It didn't. Get, it seemed like he cared that much right. about my information. He's up like, oh. Heard you got some info for me and all this, and I tried to control my "I told you so" right snottiness mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. dripping with yeah. right. smugness. Yeah. But it, you know, I gave him the information needed. He got his case done, and I I just went back out, and you, you're on to the next thing. Right, right. So you don't know if there was any uh, any follow up beyond yeah, that. that but after was, that, I was you know I'm out of it. Okay, so, they took it over. Ernie, I think that might be one of the most amazing stories I've ever heard. I've heard a lot of cop tales. That, you and know what? It, it, and I, at the time, I didn't even think about right, it. Right, right, right. A, a-, a- train. And, <laughs> and here's Super. the and, and how, you know, we've known each other all these years. We've had all these talks and set and done all these things together. I've never heard that. I mean, that's, a, that, that's absolutely amazing that you... I completely forgot about did it. Did that. Yeah. yeah, and then somebody brought something up to me a couple of years ago, and it jogged my memory about that. Yeah. And I, I mean, right. yeah. That's some big ball, big balls. Let me I put mean, this in perspective, Super E. You forgot about something that other cops probably would build their entire career on. You right. say... They would st- if, I know cops that if they did that, they would start a podcast. <laughs> it, well, we talked you into this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this wasn't your you know, idea. Super E, I honestly don't know whether to call you Super E or Liam Neeson because that's exactly right. what that I think, story is. I think is. they both shaved their bag with a weed eater. I, 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 I like that. Jason Statham. I, I would like that too because he's got the British accent. That right. sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, I said that. Okay, okay. I thought that's what I heard. I wasn't quite sure. Uh, Super E, that is an amazing story. But as you know, where we worked at, there were always stories like that. Officers were dealing with that stuff right, all the right. time. And, and that's why, you know, because I went on to something else right. just as crazy. Yeah. And, and, you know, there may be some people listening. They're like, well, it doesn't sound like maybe he followed 100% the proper procedures. But right. you know what? Who really cares right now? Because you got that little girl out of that house. Yeah, at that time, and I didn't. I didn't give it, a shit about the Monday morning yeah. quarterbacks. I mean, you didn't right. do anything wrong. No. It, um, but you know, it, it seems like in today's policing, it's more about the the production of things than the actual substance of the work. And honestly, I, I don't think it gets more uh, substantial than that. No, it don't. Yeah, it, it was just. It was just the. Uh, the mindset they gave you that your job was to protect to protect the innocent the weak from the criminals that preyed on them mm-hmm. that's right. what our job was right 
in 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 it you know it goes back to okay you're out there you're uh you know you're arresting street prostitutes yes that's an important thing in the community but it leads to these bigger things right it's it is an important thing to do exactly because uh the information from these people led to you know bigger and bigger bigger things right yeah and also you know we were always trying to and also we were trying to help the prostitutes always trying to get them you know get them to go to rehab help Mm -hmm. them get back to their families and get contact with the families well like we're we weren't out there just to lock them up we were trying to help them right and then that would help the community right if they got clean and absolutely productive member of the that's it that's that's wow that's a that's a great that's a great story great tale i i don't even know that that's a tale that's a freaking story Story. That's heroic, man. That's a lot. Not, Thank that's, you very much. That, I appreciate I'm it. I'm telling you, man. I mean, you got an S under that shirt or cape or what the hell, man? That's, <laughs> that's wow. No, I've got a D for domesticated now. Oh, I see. Are you Mr. Mom now? Yes, Mr. Okay. Mom. Very yeah. good. Yeah, very we, good. We, we watched you through the window with a broom in your hand. That, <laughs> exactly. That's okay. He was okay. in here sweeping and no dusting. It's, it looks great. I, I know didn't it. like the maid outfit. Well, I'm glad you, know, you took well, that I, off. I made sure the apron doesn't fit too tight. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, very nice. A little too, little too tight. <laughs> um, Jay, do you think that um, should we just quit now? Yeah. Because I, do you I, think we can top that story? N- no, I'm gonna actually I'm gonna go file my retirement paperwork because <laughs> I'll never be like E. No, we'll I'll, never be. I'll, like I'll e. never be like oh, that. Now, He's on one now. of a kind. I'm telling oh, you, thank. I'm blushing. I'm telling you, out. But you know what, <laughs> Jay, out. <laughs> you know what. I think we're going to keep doing this. We're going to try. I don't know if we're going to top that, but we're going to come up with some stories that are going to be very entertaining, yeah. aren't we, guys? Yeah. I mean, you know, I've got a couple. You yeah. got a couple? I got a I mean, couple. Joe Namath winning that Super Bowl, I don't think it got better for him. 1969, but, uh, <laughs> he guaranteed it. There you go. He did. There you go. He did. It's like super, he guaranteed the I, safety of that 12-year-old girl and made it happen. He did. That's Man, right. That's great. That's great. All right, well, that's going to close this episode out. Um, A-Train Maestro, if you will, hit our out music. Our that, same out music. Same it was out our music. same in music. Same in music. And one day we're going to write a song. We are. And you it's going to be about Super oh, E. Oh, the Ballad of wait. Super E. I, I, I can't wait for the Ballad right. of Super My E. My mom will love it. She will. <laughs> She'll love it. Uh, so I'm going to tell everybody out there listening, keep listening. Um, because I think you're going to enjoy our Super E theme song once it gets written. Right. But until then, we're going to call this one quits and come back and see us again or listen to us uh, here off script with Super E. (laughs) 